I can't believe that we're even celebrating three years of Numa Church. You know, I have this little bracelet on, you know, and it says June 26, all right, 2016. That's the day, the day that we changed our name to Numa Church. And I can't believe that happened three years ago already, all right? Uh, I've taken it off sometimes to shower. Some of you guys at the class have been wearing that thing for three years, you know. I have taken it off, you know, but most of the time I wear this thing on, you know, because this church is a miracle. This local church, all our lives are a miracle. We are all walking miracles. We are all walking testimonies of the goodness and the mercy of God upon our lives. And so is this local church. You see, today we're going to talk a little bit about about the local church. And I want to tell you something. There's something miraculous about this. In Colossians 1.18, the Bible says that the church is the body of Christ. And that Christ is the head of the church. So we are what, guys? We are his body. We are Jesus's body walking here on earth. Okay. And he's the head. He's in heaven. Jesus is so big that his head is in heaven, but his body's touching the earth. And the way that his body touches the earth is through the church. He's walking around through us, through the local church. And One of the things that as I think about this is the importance of understanding that as a local church, we represent him. We represent Christ. We represent what he stands for. We represent his belief systems. We represent everything that he came and lived and died for. We represent that. I think that that's like technology trying to like take over, you know, but we represent Christ. And I want you to understand something. When we talk about the church, Okay, the church is huge, okay? Numa is not just the church. We're part of the church. The church is worldwide. And I was in a staff meeting this week, and I was saying, I wish I could have a number, okay? And maybe you're sitting there and you Google it up. I don't even think Google will have a stat on this, you know? I wish I had a number of how many local churches there are around the world, We'll never know that. We could probably know how many there are in the United States. There's a bunch of them opening every week. A few of them close every week. But if you're going to go around the world and think, how many local churches are there? How big is the body of Christ? There's no telling. You don't know right now if in the Amazon jungle there's a service going on to people that have been unreached, and that one is under the radar. You don't know about it. Maybe in a bush in Africa, under a bush somewhere over there. You don't know. So the body of Christ is huge, is big, and it's making an impact around the world. And Numa Church is part of that body of Christ. God has given us an assignment. God has given us a small piece in that story. Now, I love it because that story was written in the Bible. And you and I are the continuation of that story. Here on earth, you and I are part, okay, of this amazing story that God himself wrote. And I love it because in the book of Hebrews, he says, hey, I don't even have time to write about all these other guys. And then it says, and all these guys have not received their promise until they don't receive it together with all those that are to come. Who are those that are you and me? When Jesus is about to leave, And he's praying, he goes, Father, I don't only pray for these, but I pray for those that will believe through their message. You know that Jesus was there praying for you and me? Can you believe that? 
that there's a moment recorded in the Bible where Jesus was praying for us. That's overwhelming. That's overwhelming because we know it in theory, but to know it, that Jesus had you and I on his mind. So Numa Church is part of the worldwide church, and we are a local church, guys, with, I believe, great vision. I believe that we have great passion, right? You guys are Hispanic. You guys are still Latin up in here, right? And Latins and Hispanics are known for what? For their passion and putting a heart into things. I think we have a great desire in this place to honor and glorify God. So for the next few moments, I want to talk to you guys, okay? And we're taking a break from our next level series just today. This is a standalone message, all right? And I want to talk to you a moment about the local church, and I want you to write these four truths down, and I'm going to go quick through them, okay? Number one, the local church is here to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth, number one. The local church is here to do what? To bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. God wants to bring his kingdom to earth. How does he do it? Through the church. Through the church. Sons and daughters of God that understand the heart of the Father and extend the heart of the Father to whom? Here. To earth. This is Jesus' prayer. Matthew chapter 6. You can write this down. Verse 9 and 10. Matthew 6, 9 and 10. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. It says, says, pray like this. Our Father dwelling in the heavenly realms, our Father in heaven, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is fulfilled in heaven. So what does God want to do? God wants to use, look over here, guys. God wants to use you and me that are part of this local body of believers called the Numa Church to do what? That it will be fulfilled on earth just as it is fulfilled, what? In heaven, what? His purpose. God wants to use you and me to bring the kingdom purposes of God healed to earth. That's amazing. That he would count on you and me. In other words, the church is an embassy of the kingdom of heaven. You guys are understanding that? An embassy, a representative We represent the values of the kingdom of heaven. We bring heaven to earth. When you walk into a situation that does not look like heaven, okay, you and I as part of the local church, what do we declare? We declare what heaven is speaking. And we declare what heaven thinks about that situation. We don't partner with the situation. I want you guys to understand that because sometimes we're going to see and go through difficult times and a lot of times we partner with it. We're not here to partner with the things of the world. We're here to partner with the kingdom of heaven because as a church, we bring that, we usher it in. It's a conduit. You understand? You go into a tough situation and you declare what the kingdom says with the constitution of the kingdom. So what's the constitution of the kingdom? It's the Bible. The Bible is the constitution of the kingdom of heaven. That's why we need to know it, because you and I are representatives of that kingdom. The Bible calls us ambassadors. Look at the person next to you. Look at that ambassador that you have next to you. All right? 
I love it. In Spanish, it's called embajadores. Some of us are embaja. No, I'm kidding. All right. <laughs> embajadores, ambassadors. We are kingdom ambassadors. All right. And when we get together in this place, guys, this is like an embassy of the kingdom of heaven. We receive instruction. We receive direction. We know what we need to do and what, what do we got to do. That's what the local church is supposed to understand, that we bring the kingdom of heaven to earth, and it's real and it's tangible. If you see somebody sick, guys, pray for the sick person because the kingdom speaks healing over that person. If you see a situation in a marriage, you see a conflict, man, you speak the promises of God to that marriage. You don't partner with the mess that is going on in there. You speak kingdom, all right? Number two, the local church shines light into the darkness. I love this one. The local church shines light into the darkness. Write that down. Matthew 5, 14 and 16. This is one of my favorite verses. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill or a city on a hill cannot be what? Hidden. You know that we've preached this verse a lot of times. And we've never thought about when it talks about a city built on the hill that it cannot be hidden. And we just go through and like, yeah, we're that city on the hill. But I'm going to ask you guys a question. Who's the hill? Who's the hill? It's Jesus. A city built on a hill is Jesus. He's the rock. And we're standing upon his shoulders. And we're standing upon what he's done. And we've spoken about, we, we stand upon his faithfulness and his promise. And what do we do? We stand on his shoulders and a town built on a hill or a town or a city or a church built on Jesus cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. What's the stand? It's Christ. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The local church is supposed to do what, guys? Shine light into what? Into darkness. And I want to speak to you guys something that I said in the Legacy Breakfast this week, and I want to mention it again. The church, look at me, church, we should not be afraid of darkness. We should not be afraid of darkness. A lot of times I've seen the church running away from darkness. Or we're going to contaminate ourselves. It's that this is sinful and this and this and this. And we run away from darkness. No, light runs into darkness. I'm going to repeat it. The light runs into the darkness. Because the only place that light makes a difference is in the darkness. You see, all of you guys have your phones? You, got, you guys got your phones? All right, can you guys turn on your flashlights a second? Let's, let's be a little technological here. All right, let's turn on your flashlights. Here we go. We're going to look like a concert and we're going to go like this. No, I'm kidding. All right. Okay, turn on your lights real quick. Now, let me ask you a question. Is this making a difference in here right now? Not really, right? Not really. Now, Lewis, can you turn off a little bit of these lights right here? It's getting darker. You see it's making a little bit more of a difference now? And the darker it gets, 
the more of a difference it makes. Okay, don't turn everything off. <laughs> this is good enough. <laughs> All right, look at this. Now turn it back on again. Turn it back on. I'm going to give you this example. Okay. Here we go. You can start turning it on. Okay. This is what we're supposed to do. You saw how I started lighting up little by little, little by little. And what happened to the darkness now? It's gone. Because what did light do? It influenced the darkness. Was light influenced by the darkness? No. Did light influence the darkness? Yes. So a lot of times as Christians, this is how we feel comfortable. I'm going to raise my hands and worship Jesus today. Letting your light shine in the light. I'm going to say hallelujah in the middle of my distress. Everybody's saying hallelujah this morning. (laughs) But when everything is dark and you need to shine your light, that's when it becomes a little harder and a little weirder and a little bit more difficult. But Jesus says that we are a city built on a hill. And what do we do? We shine our light in the darkness. Don't run away from darkness. Let darkness run away from us. Wherever we walk, darkness needs to flee in the name of Jesus. I wish that we could see ourselves in the Spirit. Because I think that if we would see ourselves in the Spirit, in the Spirit eyes, I think that we're like these big reflectors. Have you seen those big, man, there's some big reflectors over there by the Mikosuke. Have you guys seen that? You're driving around and at night you see like these three lights. And you can be far, man. You can be like by the airport and you still see these three lights in the sky. And as you get closer, you know it's that Mikosuke at the end of 8th Street and Chrome Avenue. In the spirit, I think that that's how you and I look. But we don't see it. And when, since we don't see it, we don't influence. But if we understand that as a local church, we are to be light and the darkness, and darkness needs to flee. The enemy needs to flee when you and I walk in. He can't continue doing the mess that he's doing. When Jesus would walk into a situation, what would the demons say? They would say, Jesus, why are you here? Why are you tormenting us? Why are you bothering us? They would start speaking all of a sudden. What they want to do, let us go into these pigs. Let us run away from here. What happened? Darkness couldn't take it. Darkness couldn't take it. So I tell the Holy Spirit, this is my prayer. This is my prayer. Holy Spirit, if there's still areas of darkness in me, shine your light. If there's still areas that are a little gray, a little dark, shine your light in the deepest areas of my soul. So a local church is a lighthouse in the neighborhood. Numa Church is a lighthouse in this neighborhood. In Kendall, wherever you and I go, we are that lighthouse. We shine in that territory. Matthew 10, 7 and 8, just write this down. As you go, Jesus said to the disciples, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, Cleanse those who have leprosy and drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Freely you have received, what are we to do? We're to give freely. 
when we as a local church shine light into the darkness, what that light does is that it comes against the works of the enemy and it breaks his strongholds. That's what you and I do as a local church where we go. Number three, the local church is a life-giving entity. Write that down. The local church is a life-giving entity. Life-giving, all right? Now, I gave my life to the Lord at 18, and this has pretty, been pretty much the local church that I've known, okay, with different names, but it's been the... Some of you guys might have a longer walk with God and have gone through different local churches and stuff like that, and maybe you look back and you're like, well, that church wasn't too much life-giving, <laughs> Those people were not speaking faith. They were like speaking on the way you should dress and this and that. There was not too much life going on there. But the reality is that a local church should be a life-giving church. You see, you come here in the morning on Sunday morning, you're not going to hear about problems. And if you do hear about problems, we're going to talk about how Christ wants to influence and come into your life to flip those things around. But you come here, you're going to receive hope. You come in here, you're going to receive faith. You're not going to come in here and have me chastise you because of this or because of that. No, we need to be life-giving. And if there's a conversation that I need to have with somebody, it's not here publicly. And I'm not going to speak to the masses because I need to speak to one person. I'll pull that person aside and say, hey, brother, this or that, and bring correction to an area. But a lot of times, the local church, we used to get the mic And we used to be like John Wick, you know what I'm saying? Just kill everybody with a mic. That's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to edify. We're supposed to build. We're supposed to give hope. The local church is a life-giving entity. God moves through the local church to bring freedom and restoration and connect people to their God-given purposes. And as people start changing and becoming what God intended them to be, life starts to flow. Jeremiah 29, we all know this verse. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. But I need you to understand something. In order for you to know those plans, you need to be connected to the local church. Because it's not going to happen outside of that. Outside of that, you're not going to know the plans. The local church is the one that helps you understand what are the plans that God has for your life. And that they're plans of goodness. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to go figure it out on my own. Uh, may it be well with you. God bless you. It's going to have a hard time. Because as a local church, we help you. You see, and we create systems to help you. We all need to be connected to a local church for that purpose of God to take place. And how does a local church give life? For example, I'm going to give you an example found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 through 20. Listen to this. And all this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task. Who has he given that task to? Us, to the church. He's given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. 
And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. I said it a second ago. And we're making his appeal. He is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So as a local church, how do we start giving life? Well, number one, connecting people to Christ. That's the first step. With the ministry of reconciliation. There's a father that's not taking offense at us. And I was talking to you guys a, week, a couple of weeks ago, and it was hilarious because I even mentioned it at a funeral that I went to, and the people afterwards were coming like, we believe that. Remember I was telling you a couple of weeks ago that when I grew up and I heard thunder, I thought that God was mad. You guys remember that? And some of us grew up with that mentality. Oh, God is mad. You hear like the thunder, and the funny thing is I mentioned that in the second service and actually thundered at that moment. I'm like, Lord, forgive me if I said something you didn't like. We grew up with this mentality that God was offended at us, that God was mad at us. Oh, you got to say the truth because God's mad. And the Bible says, according to the scripture, that he's not counting any longer our offenses against him. And we have the message of reconciliation that Christ came to make us one with. And that's the message of the local church, but it doesn't end there. And I need you guys to look for a second. A lot of times we've left it there. But that's just the entrance into the kingdom. That's just the door. There's so much more. Salvation is the door into the kingdom. But God is saying, come on in. Enjoy everything else that I've prepared for you. Come into the living room. Come into the kitchen. Come into the rooms. That's the message of the local church. It's a life-giving message. Therefore, and my last point, because we're going to do a few things here. Last point is that the local church is the hope of the world. Don't worry, they know when they need to come in. The local church is the hope of the world. Now, I want to say this. A pastor said this, and it really, it, it really, like, I started thinking about it. He said the hope of the world is not government, it's not academia, it's not business, but it's the church. This is powerful because it's the church that God has entrusted with the message of the kingdom which truly changes people's lives and hearts. A lot of times we think the government or if I learn enough or I have a powerful business, all those things are awesome. But the only entity upon the face of the earth entrusted with the message of the kingdom of God that brings forth change to the hearts and the minds is the church. That's why, look over here, the best time that you could invest is the time that you invest into the church because it will not be taken away from you. And there's people here this morning that might be looking at me that you have served God and maybe you haven't seen either the fruits of it or you think that people have not appreciated it or you've come from another place and be like, man, I served for like 15 years and nobody even gave me like a thank you card, you know, all these things. But let me tell you something. You could be working for a Fortune 500 company and you won't make the difference there as much as you make a difference to the local church. Why? Because the work that you're doing here it's going to be rewarded for eternity. The work that you do out there, it will be rewarded with a paycheck. But guess what? In a few weeks, a few months, it's gone. 
And whenever they don't like you anymore, you'll get a call, come into the office and say, thank you, sir and so, for the work you've done here. Here's your severance payment, or if there is a severance payment, if not, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but what you put into the kingdom of heaven will never be taken away from you. This is the local church, the hope of the world. And when I understood that, guys, I want you guys to check this out. I understood that at a young age. I wanted to make every decision possible so that my life would rotate around my service to God through the local church because I wanted my life to count for eternity. I would go to school. I would find what were the best routes to get over here as quick as I can after school. I got married, and they made me the pastor of the church. Okay, I got to move to Kendall because I got to be the closest that I can to the place where God has placed me to make an impact. My life rotated around that because I knew that it was the most powerful entity. And I want to tell you something, guys, because you might say this and you're like, well, you know, you're the pastor. You're, you're supposed to do that. And, and so, you know what? I didn't start like that. That's the reality. I started like anybody else sitting all the way back there. And the day that I did sit in the front, I was wearing shorts and they sent me to the back. <laughs> you couldn't wear shorts on the front row. I don't know where, what scripture that's in, you know. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go sit back there and mind my own business. But my passion for serving God comes from understanding this, listen to this, that as a pastor, it means the following, number one, that we need to enable everyone in the church to make the maximum contribution that they can as a local church. I want to enable each of you guys. That's why the growth track, I speak to you, hey, growth track, and the same announcement every week. A couple of you guys are like, hey, today we rested from that announcement. Guess what? It's coming next week again. <laughs> Because I want everybody to be able to make their max contribution and be able to see where they plug in, you know, into this whole thing. We need the leaders that are in here to lead. If you're a leader, man, we need you to lead. We don't need you like, you know, with your head on the ground. No, we need you to lead. And we need to teach everyone to serve and to give generously. And we need to invite the young people to be a part of the things that are going on as soon as they can. Because I started at 18, and I'm like, man, I wish I would have started at 12. Why didn't I know this stuff, man? When I was 13, 14, I had to wait to being 18 years old. And, man, I, like, I wasted these years of my life. And that's the heartbeat behind Numa Church, our vision. It's not just for some nice little thing over there that Numa Church exists to show the love of God to every person and all these things. Like, man, that's like a lot of stuff. <laughs> no, man, that's what makes us go, our core values. You've never had the opportunity to hear the teaching on the core values, man. Soon I'm going to speak to you about it. But walk into the building next door and go to the second floor and just look at our 10 core values. And if you've done the growth track, you've gone through it. We have 10 core values that allow us to do what? Bring a culture and our non-negotiables. You get out of the elevator, you see our five non-negotiables. And one of them, you know, is preaching a practical 
message from the word of God, but that will make life change or worship experience. These are our non-negotiables, man. We could change a bunch of things. We could change the seats. We could change the screen. We could change the window, but these are things that we cannot change. This is who we are, and that's what makes Numa a special place. And last week, I was up here at the end of the service, and this service, man, last week was amazing. The English service, I didn't even know how to close it, you know? And as a pastor, you know, you, you, you like, it's like walking on eggshells, you know? It's like, okay, Lord, you're moving, but it's like, there's like 10 minutes before the other service starts, and uh, the kids are still next door, and now there's parents dropping off all their kids. Like, what do we do? So I'm here, and I tell the band, guys, I need to talk to you after the end of the service. And I have this family waiting for me down here. And this family that is waiting for me down here, the family that had just come here for the first time. I'm looking around. I don't see them today. But this gentleman, when I made the invitation to whoever wanted to receive Christ, he raised his hand. And his wife was there next to him, and they both raised their hand. So at the end, they're there, and Pastor Max brings them. And this guy looks at me, and now I, I need you to pay attention to this. The guy looks at me, and he goes, do you remember who I am? You know how many faces I see, how many people I talk to? So I'm looking at him like that, and I'm like, you look familiar, but who are you? And he goes, come on, you need to remember. I'm like, I'm trying, but I can't. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a push, man. I'm like, I can't remember, man. I'm like, he goes, last Tuesday. I'm like, last Tuesday. So I start scanning my last Tuesday and everything that I did. He goes, I'm homeless with my wife. And we stand outside of TJ Maxx right there on 117th and Sunset. And he goes, and last Tuesday you bought us food and you brought us food. And, 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 and you gave us a postcard of your church, and that's why we're here today. And I'm going to tell you, church, look at me real fast. This is the crazy thing. I did not feed that guy because I did not go to TJ Maxx on Tuesday of last week. I didn't even drive by that street last Tuesday. So what happened I cannot explain. But that guy had a postcard on his hand from this church supposedly given to him by me. All right, now, and he tells us this, Pastor Max is there, and this guy says, I knew the Lord since I was like 12, 13, but I walked away, and I got into addiction. And you need to tell the church how bad addiction is and how much addiction could destroy the plans that God has for somebody. Because he goes, I had my business, I was prosperous, I had this, that, and now I'm on the streets because of my addiction. But today in this house, I'm coming back to God. And I'm like, that's what Numa Church is about. That's who we are. To give a guy that I don't even know if he'll ever come back. For sure I know he did not give an offering last week because he's homeless. But it's not about that. That's who we are. That's a church. And stories like that, and I know that there's people here tonight 
this morning. I'm sorry, tonight I'm getting a little ahead of myself. There's people here this morning that could tell me testimonies of why you are congregating in this church when there's so many options because the reality is I am not the best preacher in Miami. Sometimes I hear people that preach, I'm like, boy, that guy went to like preaching school or something, man. (laughs) That boy is like a machine gun, man. It's like the word of God coming. I'm not like that. You know, sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes a song is at one point and the lyrics are at another point, you know. It's like, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm lifting up the skirt a little bit so you can look on there. (laughs) All right? We're not perfect, but there's a reason why you're here. And there's a reason why you've made this your local congregation and your local church. And you are what makes Numa Church what it is. It's you. So as we celebrate three years of Numa Church, who do we celebrate? We're celebrating you guys. We're celebrating us when we come together as a spiritual family to worship Jesus. Because at the end of the day, it's like that song says, that old song, it's all about you. At the end of the day, it's all about Jesus. But if you came here to this church I want to tell you something. We want to connect you to your purpose. We want you to understand that God has plans for you. You see, when we changed the name to Numa Church, I had people coming up to me saying, what does that mean, Numa? And the word Numa is air, breath. Every time you go to the New Testament, and you read Holy Spirit, the word spirit is the word pneuma. Every mention of spirit of God in the New Testament is pneuma, is fresh air from God. And that's what this church is. It's like a breath of fresh air. That's what it is. One of the core values here in pneuma is generational mentality. You see, we understand that we have a job to do in their lives because they're coming up quickly after us and they're standing upon our shoulders. You see, the same way that we stand upon the shoulders of Jesus in that verse that I read to you today, they stand upon our shoulders. So guys, all you guys are part of Numa and we're gonna interview you guys, all right? And Mestita has a question for you. Mestita and her husband, Harold, they work with our kids' uh, department. Can we put our hands together for Mestita and Harold and the amazing work that they do? And Mestita, what are we asking them today? Hey, Sophia, why do you love Numa Church? Yep. Hello, hello, hello. One, two. Is that I have double mic, that's why. Sophia, why do you love Nomad Church? This light. You love this light? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Leah, why do you love Nomad Church? We learn all about the Bibles um, and uh, all the disciples and all about how uh, Jesus got born. Awesome. Joshua, why do you love Nomad Church? Because we got to learn about God and the ways to share others to learn about God. I like Numa Church because we get closer to God, we play, we pray, we do fun activities and... 
Gabriel, why do you love Numa Church? I, I love Numa Church because it's a, we learn about the past and it's amazing and we learn how to be kind to others and we learn about Jesus and that's awesome. Daniela, why do we love Numa Church? Because I, I learn about Jesus and it fills my heart with joy. Maria Laira, why do we love Numa Church? Because we get to know new people and we do fun activities because if we wouldn't have been here, we wouldn't have know what Jesus made to us. Awesome. Jamila, why do we love Numa Church? The reason I love Numa Church is because it's a beautiful school on the inside and the outside. Awesome. What was it? Wow. Thank you. We love New <laughs> And we love you guys. Amen. Let's put our hands together for them once again. We got a couple of preachers up here. Father God, we thank you for this morning. And I declare, my God, that the breath of God will come upon each and one of us right here. I declare, Father, that we can know that we are the church. We are the body. It's not a building. It's us, Lord. And we declare, Father, that we could walk, move, do everything that you've called us to do, Lord. I bless all my brothers and sisters, Lord. I declare, my God, that... They will come, they will plant themselves in this place and grow and give fruit. That their families and their generations can be blessed because they believe one day that you put them in this house, Lord, to do what you've called them, Lord, to do, to fulfill their purpose. And I declare that, Father, upon their lives, and I bless each and one of them i bless their generations their children their families and i thank you father because we're part of your body and you are the head jesus you are the head and we honor you today we honor you because of everything that you've done in this house we bless you father we honor you and we thank you thank you father now if you're here this morning and you've never opened your heart to jesus to receive him as lord and savior that's where it all starts i want to give you that opportunity today to come to god and understand that he's not counting your offenses against him anymore that they went upon jesus on the cross so that you could receive his grace his mercy and his love so if you've never made jesus your lord and savior i just want to do a quick prayer with you man can you just raise your hand right there if you're here this morning and you want to make that decision in your heart? Anybody in this room that has never made that decision and today you say, Pastor, I want to make that decision. Anyone here? And I know most of your faces, but I need to do this anyways. All right, let's bow our heads and I'm going to say this prayer. There might be people watching online and we do get comments, so just close your eyes. And if you want to make this decision in your heart today, you just repeat with me and you say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of all the sins that I've committed. 
I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I pray that you would take me by the hand and guide me from this day forward into a relationship with my Heavenly Father. Now, Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit and allow me to live for the purposes and the plans that you have for my life. And in your name I pray. Now I'm going to ask the prayer team, those that are going to be praying, you guys could come up to the front. As I dismiss this morning the celebration service, if you need prayer, there are going to be people standing up here in the front. You come up, you get prayed for, decisions you got to make, tough situation at home or at work, we are here to pray with you, okay? And we continue celebrating, so as you go out, I think there's going to be a couple of things that you guys are going to get. You're not only getting this thing for your car, but babe, I think there's popcorn out there. There's popcorn. There's cotton candy out there. Yeah, and there's ice cream out there that we're going to, we need ice cream with this heat, guys. So uh, guys, let's continue celebrating. Hug somebody, bless them as you go, and tell them it's good to have you as part of the family of Numa Church. God bless you guys.